0: Welcome to the Mapped Out Money podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 35.
1: And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money resources page. So this is a page on our website, mappedoutmoney.com forward slash resources. And it just has a long list of all of mine and Hannah's favorite books and podcasts and YouTube channels. And specifically on that page, if you click on any of the links for those books, that's going to take you to Amazon. And all of those are affiliate links. And so this is a great way to see what Hannah and I recommend, but it's also a great way to support the podcast, uh, especially as you're doing that Christmas shopping over the next couple of weeks. So if you want to support the podcast, you can go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash resources or click the link in the description below this podcast episode and then click through any one of those book links on that page and then do your Amazon shopping from there and we'll get a little bit of a kickback from your shopping and we would greatly appreciate it.
0: So I wanted to do this episode about curation because this idea has come up in an online class that I've been taking the past couple of weeks. Um, And they were talking about it from the perspective of like a portfolio that you would present to like clients. It
1: was like a design class. Yeah.
0: Um, But another area where I've heard it come up a lot is with like house stuff and decorating. Um, And so people talk about how if you have a house full of kind of cheap stuff that you don't even really like
1: cheap being not necessarily inexpensive but cheap for your taste or, or cheap
0: just that you don't like yeah that maybe you inherited it maybe i don't know why you have it but we all have, have those yeah. things it's not you a know? 10
1: out of 10 piece of furniture yeah it's like a five
0: and it's hard to get rid of things yeah i think that's kind of like most people have a hard time getting rid of things. So if for whatever reason you have a house full of stuff that really isn't the style that you like or whatever, and then you have a few pieces that are mixed in that are like really the look you're going for, nobody's going to notice those pieces if your house is full of all this other stuff. So they talk about how all the designers that you like on Instagram or whatever, like if you're somebody who follows certain interior designers not only do they have good taste, they are ruthless in their curation of their spaces. Um, so they're very thoughtful about what they're presenting to you, and they're not just including everything. They're they're going for a very particular look and making a concerted effort to present that to you.
1: I, to me, it's very um, this idea is very similar with the minimalism. Or you know the the way a minimalist would think about things, right?
0: Well, I think what it has in common with minimalism because it's not necessarily minimalism, not. but the mindfulness aspect. Yeah, and it's kind of like the whole Marie Kondo idea too, of like, does this bring you joy? If not, get rid of it. Yeah, you know, so so really curating down to the things that are really meaningful to you that you really do enjoy. And the other way I've heard this said is getting rid of the good so that you have room for the great. And so that's true whether you're talking about physical space, or whether you're talking about your time, or your money, or content you consume, yeah, anything. Um, So that was really why we wanted to do this episode,
1: right? So today, I think we've got kind of three different areas that we want to talk about the importance of curation, especially as it applies to your finances. So the first we'll talk about it as it applies to your budget, uh, the second as it applies to how you learn things, or sort of what you educate yourself with, and then the third would be specifically as it relates to this holiday season and how you're going to spend your time over the next thirty days or so.
0: Yeah, and the, I think the other the other thing that's interesting is kind of as we're coming to the end of 2020, um, and maybe we're getting closer to things going more back to normal. Yeah, we you hope. know, since since COVID has happened or whatever. Um, but this is an interesting thing to think about in light of COVID because COVID did kind of force us all to curate a lot of things without, without any real choice. So I think it's important before we really totally go back to normal to try to think about OK, how do I want to go back to normal? Yeah. Like, how do I want to curate things now? Because COVID really did kind of force us all to reset yeah. in a way. And so now how do you want to curate the things that you introduce back into your life? Yeah, I think
1: that's a really great point to to bring in this reset that COVID's allowed Looking at a lot of the budgets that I've seen over the past year, there's so many things that have just been gone, right? Especially when it comes to things like kids' activities, uh, dance and piano and all of the stuff, um, or it comes to parties or events or conferences, like all of the things that got canceled as if we if we wave a magic wand and all of a sudden, you know, the world goes back to normal at some point in 2021 or even later, do you really want to be doing all yeah. those things? Do
0: you like, automatically want to just go back to what you were doing yeah. before? Probably most of us don't. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So with that in mind, let's kind of get into the first one here. What comes to mind when we start out talking about curating for your budget or curating to stick to your budget?
0: Well, this comes up for us all the time. Yeah. Uh, Because we'll overspend in one area. And then the good thing about YNAB is that it kind of forces you to go and take from other areas. You can't just overspend. Yeah, if you're
1: if you're using any sort of envelope budget method or any sort of any sort of system where you're forced to budget every single dollar, then every time you overspend in a certain area, you have to you have to cut curate. Back. You have to yeah. curate. You've got to say, "Ooh, we spent more money eating out or we spent more money buying that piece of furniture, so where are we going to pull that money from? Where mm-hmm. are we going to curate? Where are we going to cut out in order to cover that?" Um and so it's a for us it's a constant thing and um right now obviously with all this house stuff we've been doing that a ton trying Mm -hmm. to figure out like okay what are we going to curate and what are we going to get rid of or not do in order to make room for the great you know what are we going to put aside would you say the the get rid of the good in order to make room for the great
0: Mm -hmm. and i've heard that from several places i don't know who like said that first but
1: yeah i'm not sure but but that's an idea that i've heard a that lot that idea and that's something we're doing right a lot right now with uh with this house stuff and renovations and what we're trying to decide what to buy to put in here
0: yeah um For sure, because we have a super long list of things, (laughs) projects that we need to do, furniture that we would like to buy. Um, And so it is definitely forcing us to prioritize and curate things. So even things as little as like spending money on a Christmas tree this year, like we're going to be out of town a lot around Christmas anyways. We do not have Set up in a cozy, enjoyable way yet, and so um, we're just gonna use our tiny little airstream our Christmas baby tree. <laughs> and next year we'll have like a nice. I'm real really. Christmas I told tree. Hannah earlier.
1: Uh, was it today? I said that I'm really looking forward to Christmas 2021. Yeah,
0: that you do, Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, me too. So,
1: <laughs> but to that point, right? So we're curating a Christmas tree right now. Uh, the other thing that we are waiting on is CrossFit. So we've been talking about, you know, for the past three years, we've been working out outside the Airstream. Um, We haven't had a gym, haven't had any sort of classes or community or anything around that. And so we've been really excited to join CrossFit for a number of reasons. One, for the workouts and the gym and stuff, but also um, to maybe try to find some people and build a community of sorts in this area. And we were thinking initially that we would do that like now. Yeah. Um, But CrossFit's not cheap. And we, I mean, we have weights and, you know, a pull-up bar. We have stuff here. Um, and so we've decided because we ended up spending a little bit more on paint for the house. outside
0: of the house. outside of the house because
1: yeah. uh, it turns out brick soaks up a lot of paint <laughs> that we've decided to wait on CrossFit as one of the things. So now I think we'll probably start that for, you know, maybe January and use that extra $200 this month towards more stuff on the house.
0: Yeah, the, the other one that... Kind of curation that we've had to make is this house, most of our kitchen appliances are very old. What? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you don't like the
1: bungee cord that's currently holding our fridge door shut? We
0: currently have this very nice luxury bungee cord feature on our refrigerator. And gosh, when we were shopping for a new refrigerator, we just couldn't find one that shared that same feature. So I don't know what we're going to do. I know. It's going to be very sad. But anyways, so we ordered our refrigerator and we were planning to get a dishwasher too because our dishwasher just doesn't work at all. Yeah. It's kaput. But that's like five to $700 at least. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, do we really want to buy a refrigerator? like right or, Or not a refrigerator, a dishwasher right now? Or do we want to use that money to kind of get our living room set up a little bit and then revisit the dishwasher situation in a, in a couple of months? And and a lot of it's too
1: with like expectations and what you're used to. So, you know, we haven't had a dishwasher for three years. We've been looking forward to having one. Uh, at least you have for real, for sure.
0: I hate doing dishes. You hate doing
1: dishes. I don't mind it that much. Um, so We've just decided, look, it's not that big a deal for us to go a little bit longer without a dishwasher. We'll keep doing them by hand for a while. I'll do them since I don't mind them that much, and uh, we'll throw that money in the living room.
0: Yeah, Nick makes that sound like a really easy decision, but... We do have to do this constantly, constantly with our budget, especially with the house. And a lot of times it is hard. It is not easy. Um, and and it is like sitting there looking at it and going, well, I want it all right now. Um, and having to come to terms with the fact of like, okay, well, we don't get it all right now. Think, so how do we want to prioritize this? I think
1: one of the hardest parts too, especially with the house stuff, is you do one thing. And then that one thing, like leads to other things the
0: absolute diderot effect oh my gosh and
1: it's and it sometimes it's sometimes it's diderot because you want that other thing and that other thing really isn't necessary but you really want it sometimes it's like no you did this thing and so now you really kind of need to do this other thing otherwise it's going to ruin the first thing yeah and so you know our most recent example is we spent (laughs) a lot of time (laughs) a lot of time you especially cleaning uh and then prepping and then Doing all this stuff to paint the brick on the outside of the house, and we've painted it with this. What would you call it? It's a creamy white color.
0: Yeah, it's white. It's
1: white, but I mean, it's it's not. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's not like stark. It's white. not stark white.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so we painted the brick white, and in the process, because of everything else going on on the outside, and removing some of the flower beds and busting up a little bit of the concrete in the driveway and having some trees removed, um, the Yeah, we had pine trees removed,
0: which included like bobcats. And our yard is just like a mud pit. It's a mud pit.
1: So the outside of the house, like the perimeter of the house, is a mud pit. And now we have this beautiful.
0: We don't have gutters. Right. So the way that water comes down off of our roof, it like pounds really hard into the ground. Yeah.
1: And so now this water is pounding really hard on the ground and it's putting all this red mud on our beautiful newly painted white brick. I
0: almost cried. Yep. It was bad.
1: Yeah, you were not happy. I was not. So now, all of a sudden, um, we were planning on putting gravel out around the house. Anyways, we knew this was going to be a problem draining the water. But da- we thought we might do it. But in we January. thought we might do it next month. Uh, and so now, that's all of a sudden been like, "Crap! Our brick is going to get ruined if we don't get this fixed asap." And then we're going to have to repaint again.
0: Yeah, I've been out there every day, like cleaning our brick, but it's still stained it's still a little bit stained. in spots.
1: So. So now we've had a rush order uh, getting gravel here this week, so we can put gravel around, run the drainage off, and now that has further diverted money that we were going to use for other things, uh, and now has pushed up. that money. Yeah, now basically,
0: gone. our dishwasher money ended up going to gravel.
1: Basically, yeah. and so um, you know that's what we're doing, and it's a constant evaluation and curation, especially when you are going through a big life transition.
0: I think the most frustrating thing is that you don't really get to. Be strategic about the things that you want. So I mean it's even like like we said earlier, we were originally planning to kind of take money from what we were gonna spend on a dishwasher and like get our living room set up. But then it's like, Oh, no, never mind, you're gonna spend that on gravel. Yeah. And it's like that's not even a fun thing to spend money on. on. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, having your house floating in mud isn't fun either. So
1: especially when that might get splattered in the bottom half of your your white brick.
0: Yeah. So anyways, it's just, it's frustrating. So I think if you're, you know, if you're sitting there with your budget and you are frustrated by having to make cuts, like you're not alone. We feel that way too. And that happens to us all the time. Um, and it really is just a practice in patience. It is. And one of the, I think it was Dan drawn words, uh, I think it was. Let me double check. He did on Instagram, he posted a little like drawing that he had done and it just said, be patient. Everything's coming together. Yeah. And I told Nick, I was like, oh man, I need to put that in front of myself like every day. Okay. No, it wasn't Dan drawn words. It was super nice letters.
1: Super nice letters. On Instagram. So what was it? Be patient. Everything is coming together.
0: Yeah. Be patient. Everything is coming together.
1: I think the hardest part is sometimes even when you know it's going to require patience like you can go oh yeah okay i can be patient but then it's an entirely different thing when you're actually in the middle of it and you are required to be patient
0: it's also like a whole other thing when you're dealing with something like a house like i said because it's not like you get to be patient while prioritizing the things that you really want first um like with our house it just needed a lot of stuff so we had to prioritize a lot of things that really weren't what we wanted but that just needed to be done. Yeah. Um, And it delayed the things that we wanted. Yep. So. It, um,
1: it's been a practice in patience and curation.
0: It definitely has.
1: So I think to sum up this whole, this whole first section about curating in your budget, um, reminds me of that line from Paula Pant, the name of her website, her sort of byline, her quote, which is you can afford anything. You just can't afford everything. And that really is the key to budgeting and curating. It's recognizing, um, hey, look, we don't have endless amounts of money and we can't do everything we want to do right now. So what is priority? And we got to curate. That's really what it comes down to.
0: Nick, this next one is one that I've heard you talk about because we've come across a lot of people online talking about like a certain number of books that they want to read every year. Um, and you've talked about how you don't really like that goal. I think that's just the
1: wrong goal, right? So, so this section, again, it's, it's curating, um, the things that you learn, curating your education so that you can actually take action on stuff. At the end of the day, if you learn everything out of the sun, but you don't do anything with it, it's kind of pointless. So yeah, that, that's always kind of. I don't know. It's just been a goofy goal because I see it every year. Like um, we'll see it again next month in 2021. People will say, oh, I'm going to read 52 books this year, you know. But if, if you're not actually going to implement th- what you read in those books, like why?
0: Yeah, I I can see both sides. It's different if it's fiction.
1: I'm, I'm specifically talking about like in the self-help, self-development world of like I'm going to read 52 business or finance books this year. Yeah. It's like, okay, what have you just read like five but actually implemented everything in those books.
0: Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. I I definitely think there's an argument just for the act of reading. Sure, though.
1: sure.
0: Um, but yeah, to to really implement things, you definitely have to be good at curating. Yes. and even even just to be willing to learn from like a wide range of people, because we're never gonna agree totally with no, never. with anybody probably. Um, not a hundred percent. Yeah, and so if you're not going to listen to anything that anybody has to say because you disagree with them on X, Y, or Z issue, like you're probably going to miss out on a lot of good stuff. And so being able to curate and go, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm a Christian, and this person isn't a Christian, and so they're kind of coming at things from a different perspective, and some of what they say doesn't doesn't align with what I believe. But I can still take these things and filter them through my my faith and the way I see things and my experience and whatever, and use those things. Yeah,
1: no, that makes perfect sense, and I think that's something uh, that's something I'm I'm extremely big on because I I. I have a lot of people that have influenced me that I will tell friends or talk about on this podcast that can be somewhat polarizing individuals, right? Like Gary Vaynerchuk comes to mind. He's very loud. He's New Jersey. He cusses like a sailor. Um, he talks about working your face off and being super hard hustle and yada, 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 all this stuff. And he can be very polarizing. Well, I don't agree with everything that Gary Vee does or everything he says or everything he believes, but there's a couple of things that I think he is probably the best at, And so I follow him for those three or four things. I've curated those things. I've learned from them. I've followed them. I've tried to implement what makes sense in my life. And I leave the rest of it. I guess it's my opinion that you're better off to try and have a wide variety of influences and curate the one or two or three things from each of those people and apply those to your own life where it makes sense. I don't expect anyone listening to this podcast to agree with 100% of what you and I say. Yeah,
0: definitely not. (laughs) And
1: they should curate what makes sense for them, implement it, and then leave the rest.
0: Mhm. Yeah, so you know, when you're reading and listening and learning from different sources, I think it's really important to to kind of ask yourself, okay, what aligns with my core beliefs and what aligns with my current priorities and how can I like take action on those things? Um And then, you know, set the rest aside for never or set the rest aside for a later time when your priorities change.
1: I think uh, this is also really important when you break it down on like a per-topic basis because if you you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear us talk about budgeting a lot. I don't really expect anyone listening to be as hardcore type A and um, spend as many hours on their budget as I do, but I do this for a living. Like, you know, and we have have a podcast and a YouTube channel all about this. And so in the same way, um, that if I'm trying to learn more about health and fitness, or if I'm trying to learn more about like playing chess, or Mm -hmm. if I'm trying to learn more about jujitsu, I'm probably going to go learn from the best or who I perceive to be the best on those subjects. But because maybe they do that for a living or that's the biggest thing in their life, I'm not going to implement things to their level. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what you've recently, I feel like, worked through when it comes to like health and nutrition stuff.
0: Yeah, I've spent a few months reading a lot of nutrition books, and I got really overwhelmed. I mean, just A, from the sheer volume of like information that's out there, um, but then also... Everybody has conflicting information yeah. and yes. and most people have really solid arguments to back up whatever they're saying that conflicts with whatever else you just read that also had a really solid argument. Um, and so you can just feel like, oh my gosh, I can't win, you know. Like I think I'm think I'm doing healthy things by doing this, and then I read this thing over here that says that's unhealthy, and that I shouldn't be doing that.
1: Well, and what was the one book that we both read that food was it Food Rules or Ru- rule? Yeah, Food Rules. Food Rules. Um, that book I felt like was, and it was not by Michael Pollan. No, Michael Pollan has one by the same different name. name. Food uh, Rules.
0: Catherine. Uh, uh, I'll look, look it up. It
1: up. Um, that book to me was great, and. And terrible all in one. And terrible's maybe a strong word, but to me it was great because it gave us all these little bite-sized rules that I could just go like, oh, okay, great. If like like there's something I can implement that will make us healthier. Perfect. To me it was very helpful from that way. On the flip side, there's something like a hundred rules in that book. Like there's a ton.
0: It's um Dr. Catherine Shanahan, and I can't remember how many rules it was, but most of most of her rules are pretty basic. Like it is simple stuff, but it is not easy to implement. It's not easy to implement. And but, to me, it was
1: hard to remember them all. That my being point. said,
0: I I ended up implementing the most stuff out of her book than totally. I did compared to like reading anything Some of the else. Other books. I mean hers was very much kind of like taking it back to the basics. But it does make you feel like, oh my gosh, anything that I buy in the grocery store is poison. Yeah. Um so, you know, you kinda of have to rein it back a little yeah. bit. You gotta
1: we had to take it to that edge and then And then We had to dial it back.
0: Yeah. Because I still need to be able to microwave some things sometimes. Um, but I did kind of get a little bit of analysis paralysis, like reading all this stuff and had to make a conscious decision of, okay, we're kind of going into a crazy time and we have a lot of our time being sucked up by the house, Mm -hmm. um, and just work. So like, you know, we've got our normal work and then our, our house is really like our fun time now. Yeah. Um, And I'm not going to be following any sort of complicated meal plan or cooking anything fancy for us. Like it, everything we need to do needs to be like real simple. So we kind of are just focusing on like trying to eat whole foods, trying to do the healthiest version of that when we can. But also like if we need to get microwave chicken from Sam's, we'll do that. Um, and then just trying to eat a lot of salads like, OK, instead of like a hot meal, let's have a salad with shredded chicken and, you know, whatever on it and just trying to keep it really simple, but do it in a way where we don't feel like we're punting our health.
1: Yeah, no, I, I that's exactly right. And and again, with the, with the health, it comes down to like, hey, look, if we can just implement a few of these rules that make sense for us that are going to be a lot healthier than what, than what we've historically done and we can sleep consistently seven to eight hours a night. And we can work out somewhat regularly. We're doing pretty good. So we don't have to we don't have to belabor this point in curating your learning. But I think it it is really important. And I, and I actually it makes me think of especially coming back to finance. It can't be overstated how important it is that you should listen to us and whatever other podcast you listen to, and be willing to pick and choose, and not let what we say make you feel bad about whatever it is that you have going on, because our situations are all different. And so you have to be really thoughtful with your curation. Uh, And the reason I'm even bringing this up is just last week, I did a coaching call with a with a client. And she said that she had started listening to uh, financial podcasts. Again, um, she sort of been listening to some, got really into listening to a bunch of financial podcasts and got really inspired and started like really working on their budget and increasing their savings rate and doing all this stuff. And uh, then, you know, kind of like you, I guess, with the health, took a step back, just was like, I-, I gotta, I gotta take a step back from some of this. Like, we've got a basic budget going. We, you know, are, are fine for now. Well, that's been, you know, six months ago. And she started kind of picking up the podcast again. And she started, Really going back down deep into all these little inspirational stories of so and so who saved all this money and did this, and this person who retired early, and this person who did this. And all of a sudden, she felt really overwhelmed and bad about their situation. And I had to reassure her and said, Listen, um, a couple things. Number one, uh, you're pregnant. Okay. You guys are planning for an unpaid maternity leave. Uh, And so you're planning to save a bunch of money right now, not for retirement, but because you're planning to have an unpaid maternity leave and you want to be able to do that. Second, Your husband is now going back to school. He's now going back to PA school and you're taking on some student loans to make that happen, but you are cash flowing part of it. And so you've stopped contributing to a few of your retirement accounts and things like that. Overall, though, you guys are still really young. And so like, yes, you may listen to some podcast about somebody who retired early or did something crazy or whatever. Don't let that make you feel terrible about your own situation because we're all in a different spot. No, sorry, that I kind of took this off on like t- total, total tangent and rant here, but I can't overstate the importance of curating what you're listening to when it comes to learning about your finances.
0: Yeah, it's like curating, curating what you choose to implement, but also just curating your input, yes. like, and recognizing that sometimes something that's positive might be having a, neg- a negative impact on you, yep. and recognizing that and being willing to curate it out. Yes
1: even if it's just for a little while.
0: Mm -hmm. And so you were talking about doing this with newsletters. Yeah,
1: I've, I've been recently curating, you know, you recently curated your nutrition intake information. I've been recently curating my email newsletters again. I find that I have to do this probably at least once a year because I get so excited and I subscribe to a bunch of different email newsletters. And then once I get to where I'm, I don't know, I don't know what my limit is, you know, probably like 10 or 15 a week, and some of those are multiple times a week. But once I get to that level of that those you know different people, it's just too much. And then I just don't read anything. And so I found myself over the last few weeks in particular, I'm just literally not reading any of my favorite newsletters now um, because my inbox just feels ridiculous. So I'm having to go back through, unsubscribe from the ones that maybe aren't bringing me the most value. And what I'm telling myself is, hey, just because I unsubscribe now doesn't mean I can't resubscribe in a few months from now if I want to catch back up with what they're saying. Thoughtful curation in my educational newsletters. But that's enough about curating your learning. So let's move on to um, curating your time and ultimately how you spend your money during the holidays.
0: Yeah, I like this topic for this season because I think so many of us end up feeling really overwhelmed during the holidays from a time and a money perspective. Um, And so We get into the new year, and I don't think it's unusual to find ourselves more in debt, more unhealthy, and um, just exhausted, more exhausted than ever. And that doesn't make for an enjoyable holiday season. No. And it also doesn't make for a good start to the new year either. And I think that being mindful about the things that we choose to do and choose not to do can really help us not feel that way. And so I think this applies to curating which events you choose to go to or not go to um, curating when you choose to indulge in food um, and being really mindful about like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to splurge on my favorites, but I'm not just going to go hard on everything because then I don't feel good and then I don't enjoy any of it. And also, you know. I'm going to take a little time from this area so that I have time for a 30 minute walk every day or just whatever it is to help, to help like mitigate your stress. I think,
1: like a lot of things in our life, uh, the holidays come with a certain set of expectations. And so, because of historically, you're supposed to do this, do that, go here, go there, bring this, bring that, buy this, buy that. Our hope is that after listening to this, you will just be thoughtful and consider curating some of those expectations out and at least question them like, okay, do I really have to buy this thing? Do I really have to do that just because that's historically what we've done or that's historically what's expected of me? Um, Or can we thoughtfully curate that out because, you know what, we want to get the good out of here so that we can really make space enough for the great. I think ultimately, you know, going back to what you started off this episode with, which is that COVID has probably done some of this curating for you. Um, we just found out the town that we just moved to, for example, has canceled their, you know, holiday parade. They were going to cancel it originally, the normal one, but then they were gonna do a socially distanced one where the parade people stay still and then you drive by in your car and then now that's cancelled. And so there's no parade at all. And so now, hey, there's a Friday night that we now have free. And so what do we want to do with that Friday night, you know, to maybe do something different or special? I think a lot of people are going to find themselves in that situation with more time on their hands because uh, events that normally happen aren't. And so take that as an opportunity to be thoughtful about what you want to add back in.
0: So speaking of being thoughtful about what you want to add back in... This past weekend, we added back in Netflix.
1: <laughs> we did add some Netflix in,
0: which brings us to
1: the stuff we like.
0: Stuff we like.
1: All right, Hannah. So, what uh, what Netflix did we add in?
0: We added in the Queen's Gambit, and to and be clear, it was
1: awesome. We pay for Netflix monthly. Uh, we don't watch it a ton, though.
0: Normally, and normally, if we do watch it, we will watch a movie. Yeah. And we, we kind of make a point to not we get try into shows. Not to get
1: into shows because nothing against shows. I just try not to get into them because I think maybe, I don't know, maybe I, I get addicted to them too easily. <laughs> and so then, like, I just find myself wanting to do nothing but watch that next show. And um, so I, tr- I typically try to avoid them. But I've been hearing a lot of good things about The Queen's Gambit. I'm sort of interested in chess. I've played around with it. I'd always kind of had it in the back of my mind that I'd like to get decent at it you know i don't ever think i'm gonna be like a do that full time or try to become amazing but i'd like to be i'd like to be decent at chess one day and the queen's gambit caught my eye and it's a limited series so there's only seven episodes and you were not that into it at first yeah
0: the first couple episodes I'm just kind of like eh. i wasn't sure about but i got really into it, it. Awesome. and then it ended even better than i expected it yeah. to
1: Yep. It really ended on a really cool note. So if chess sounds really boring to you, don't let that deter you. I think I think they did. That's one thing I thought was really cool was they did an amazing job making this thing that I think most people find pretty boring, uh, really entertaining and really intriguing.
0: Yeah, they did. Because I'm not particularly interested in chess, but I really enjoyed it.
1: So if you're looking for uh, a limited series show, check out the Queen's Gambit. We really enjoyed it.
0: Okay. You want to give us a quick summary?
1: I think the main theme of today, similar to what we've talked about before on the show, which is you need to be thoughtful and curate the things in your life, uh, specifically in your budget and in your finances, thinking through uh, how we can remove the good so that we can make room for great. We also want to do that in what we're learning, what we're consuming with our content and uh, how we're educating ourselves and what we're putting in. Let's curate that and be thoughtful there as well and then also how we spend our time and money through the holiday season so that i'll say it one last time we can remove the good and make room for the great as always thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it and we will see you next week